And we have on the stage with us um, our friend and our partner from Scotland, Robert Bell. Um, earlier, the, yes, there you go. <laughs> earlier this year, we engaged with, with Robert and Cross Point Community Church as a new church plant that previewed its services in Easter. And then in July, um, Pastor Brian spoke at really its, its kickoff um, for their weekly gatherings. Um, Rob is here. Rob works for the Herald's Trust, which is a uh, 48-year-old, I was going to say 38, and I messed that up, but a 48-year-old ministry that really trains, equips, sends church planners, as well as evangelism uh, throughout Scotland. Um, Rob also is the pastor of Cross Point Community Church there that he has just launched. But more importantly, he's the, wife, or the husband of Louise, who's sitting over here, um, for 30 years. They've got three children two of which live in Scotland, one of which lives here in Arizona in the States with her husband and their grandchildren. So we got connected a couple years ago. Um, Pastor Brian was on a trip uh, to, um, to Greece to see about working in ref- with refugees. And on the back end of that trip, they stopped by Scotland. And it wasn't a, just a, a quick layover or a happenstance. It was a God-ordained meeting because it was there where Brian and Rob knit hearts together on what would it look like to reach the country of Scotland for the gospel. Um, and since that time, we've taken several trips there in January. Ruth and myself and, and Brian and Paul were there really to see firsthand the work that God's doing in Scotland, kind of laying the groundwork. And then um, in July, we hosted seven other churches from around the southeast to come along and see what it would it look like to partner together to see Scotland transform with the gospel. So that's been, it's been a collaborative effort so far, and it's been a great effort to see um, what God is doing and what God is going to do. And so this morning, Ruth and I get the opportunity just to interview Rob for a little bit so you can hear where Scotland's been, where it is today, and with God's anointing, where it will go in the future. Um, before we get started, though, Rob, uh, he made it through the first service. He came, flew in on Thursday night. He ate in Rock Mart yesterday, so I don't know if that's going to affect it, but he's not feeling very well today. So I just want to pray over him, and, and if you'd like, just extend a hand for him as we pray and just ask God to, uh, to do a work. So Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here. We thank you for um, Robbie in here. And for, God, we pray that you would use this time, use his words, use the story of, that you're writing in Scotland to help transform lives here and even to, to, to spur people on to take action. Mm. Um, God, we pray your healing upon his body right now. And we ask us in the name of Jesus. Westridge Church, would you welcome Rob Bell to the stage? Yes, Rob, welcome. We're so glad that you're here just to share with us. And um, the story of how you came to faith in Jesus is just a really remarkable story. Could you share uh, with our church about that, about how you, you and your wife came to faith? Sure. Good morning, Westridge. It's uh, good to be here, and uh, thank you for the invitation to be with you this morning. Um, yeah, um, I was brought up in Bonnie, Scotland, uh, one of three boys, and um, really was, had no connection with uh, church, uh, involved with church at all. And uh, it really wasn't until I was uh, an adult that I uh, really started uh, to consider that. My wife and I, uh, Louise, we've got three children, and uh, we um, basically came to the point where we went to, we were getting married in the Church of Scotland, but sadly it was really just for photographs. We didn't have any personal relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. 
And um, really, it wasn't until the birth of our first daughter, uh, Jade, uh, that really started to impact me. Um, um, I really felt, what does it look like to be a good father? And that was my desire. And uh, my own family had had their challenges, and uh, my father and my brother had spent some time in prison, and I just really felt I was going the same way. And so I was searching, I was looking for something in my life that would allow me to be the best father I could be to this little precious child. And so my wife had gone out, uh, Jade was about three months, uh, she'd gone off to uh, visit some family, and uh, during that time I had a couple of visitors come to my home. So I opened the door, and there's two Scotsmen standing, smiling at me, and they asked me this question. They said, if you die tonight, will you go to heaven or hell? And I thought inside, great question. But I wasn't quite ready for that. And it really put me on the back foot. And with all my Scottish brass neck and boldness, I said, I'm a good person. I'll go to heaven. And the Scotsman said to me, son, it doesn't work that way. And he quoted from the Bible. I had no idea it was from the Bible, but he said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I'm like thinking, wow, what is this man on? I'm wanting some of that. He was so enthusiastic. We don't talk like that around here, Rob. About his faith. <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit, okay? And he was just really oozing. And we stayed on the door for about an hour and he shared with me. And really through that, um, he left some information about the church that they attended. And when my wife came back later that afternoon, I said to her, I said, Louise, there was someone at our door today that was telling me and us that we could have a personal relationship with Christ. And husbands out there, you know if you've been married long enough that if your wife looks at you a certain way, you drop the subject. Can I have an amen in the house from the men? <laughs> and so you just gave me that look and we dropped the conversation. We didn't say anything. Two weeks later, the same two gentlemen came up the path. And as I looked out the window, I thought, I'm going to go to the kitchen and let Louise answer the door. Because if I answer it, I'm in trouble. And so she invited them in, and we sat there, and we were captivated. These men were out evangelizing and sharing the, the good news of the gospel, and I was absolutely captivated. And they spoke for several hours to us and then left us, and cut a long story short, we went to church. We got the confidence to go along. They invited us to a local church service. And I remember for me, going to church is a big deal because I would tend to hang out in the snooker club, which would be pool to you. And that would be my Sunday, going out and just doing my own thing. And so we went along to church, and I remember the worship started, and I'm looking at my wife, she's looking at me, and I'm thinking, what have I done? What have we done? <laughs> but when they opened up the Word of God and started to share, the message was just exactly what we needed to hear. We didn't know at the time that that was the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And a few weeks later, we got involved in a little small group, asking questions like, what is a Christian? What is sin? What has God done? The rescue plan, Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary. And there was an invitation to receive 
Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And both my wife and I got down on our knees and received Christ as our Lord and Savior that day. Amen. And I love that story on several re- for several reasons. But one, someone just came and shared the truth of the gospel with you. But don't miss what he said. It was in the small group where really discipleship started to take place, right? Mm. That's where you really begin to learn and understand God's plan. And, and take an, an ordinary man, not a common man, but an ordinary man, and now here you see yourself called to full-time ministry. Mm. What does that look like? Talk a little bit about that journey of the calling on your life and how God has used your gifts and talents and where you put your energy at to pursue the calling that he's put on your life. When I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was actually out on the doors telling people about Jesus within two weeks. I knew very little, but I just couldn't stop myself sharing and telling people about what God has done in my life. And I really believe that all of us are called. I don't feel there was like a a moment for me, but it was really that point of receiving Christ as my Lord and Savior that I realized that I was rescued, that I realized that I was being restored and I was working out my sanctification in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think if we as believers believe that this is the Word of God, which is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path, and this stuff is real, that there is a heaven and there's a hell, then what I do with this is very important, that I carry this treasure in a jar of clay. And as I started to go out and share Christ, I just couldn't stop myself. And got the opportunity of actually sharing with my neighbors and seeing my neighbor come to faith. I saw my father come to faith at 60. And just seeing how God was working and that domino effect going before us. If you didn't already know it, God is mission. He's already gone ahead with you and ordained conversations for you and I to have. Here's the great challenge, is that will we take them? Will we use that moment? And so for me, Kevin, Mm -hmm. the calling was really a natural progression of coming to faith in Christ. And for 25 years, I have been fired up about being rescued and restored and in Christ. Amen. Amen. And you're not letting off the gas anymore. (laughs) That's amazing. And it all started because two men were bold enough to come to your door to share their passion about Christ, which then spurred you on to develop a relationship with Christ. And you have shared with many, many more just because two men were bold enough to step out of their comfort zone to do that. And That's an example that we all want to live by. Mm. Yeah, so share with us a little bit about um, some of the Christian heritage that started in Scotland that has impacted the uh, United States. I mean, really, Scotland is a wonderful country. We're a country of 5 million people, 5.4 million, I think, exactly. And we have seen, just as a nation, once being known as the land of the book, we've sent missionaries all over the world. The gospel the good news of the gospel that we find in the person of Jesus Christ has come to the USA through missionaries and people that have made great sacrifice. I think of the Covenanters in Edinburgh who gave of themselves, gave of their life, lost their life for their faith in Jesus Christ. There's much cost for those who've gone before us 
to present the gospel. And when you start to look at what we have, when we look at the biblical gospel, we look at literacy and education, it was Christians who started schools in Scotland. They were called the rag schools. And so you start to look at every aspect of life, of equality before God, the pioneering spirit, modern democracy, human rights, healthcare, all of these came from our Christian values and those who've run the race before us. And what an impact that has had right across the world. And so we, uh, personally, I get really excited when we take some of our groups down into Edinburgh City and we stand where the Covenanters lost their life for their faith in Jesus Christ and we just realize the impact that they've had in generations past. But the challenge is today that Scotland's a very different place and we need to stand and proclaim that good news of the message now today. Back in that time, Scotland was, was heavy evangelical. Yes. And today that's not the case, right? And, and so kind of paint a picture of what life is like in Scotland from a faith perspective. And for those that are not Christ followers, the 99, um, what's going through their mind? What are the questions they're asking? What, what is this next generation looking for? We're searching for. Yeah, Scotland um, is very much a secular nation today. Uh, as I say, once the place of the land of the book, now uh, over 55% of Scots would identify as having no religion whatsoever. We've moved God from the, the, the community. And so we um, are really trying to uh, engage with local believers, you'll find it now that if you stand in the streets in Scotland and actually share Christ, very few people have any reference point or knowledge of the gospel. And so the questions that they're asking are very much uh, just wanting to do well in life. They don't know about the gospel. They don't see that as uh, an importance or a priority for them. And so many uh, people are going to hell. And from being a, a nation that were Bible lovers to go away in a complete different direction, you can see it up and down our nation in everything that we do. Uh, we still have the privilege of being able to go into public high schools. We still are able to offer the gospel uh, through and connections through the school. And I've had the privilege of working as a chaplain, volunteering in a local high school, engaging with our young people who are searching and asking questions about what it really is to live a life. What is that all about? And when we're able to talk to them about behind this creation, there's a creator. That behind uh, the design, there's a designer. And that it's reasonable to believe in a God who loves us so much that he was willing to send his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for you and for me. Hey, Rob, you had said 55% don't have any religious affiliation. But the other number, uh, what's the percentage of evangelical believers in, in Scotland today? So Bible-believing Christians now in Scotland is less than 1%. Scotland is considered an unreached people group. Wow. That's how far we've fallen. To put that into context for you, it's like you driving by Westridge campus in a month's time, and it's been turned into a carpet shop or a nightclub. Every day as I go through the streets and cross Scotland, 
we see churches that are nightclubs. There's one particular nightclub, which was a a former church building, and they've called the nightclub Sin, S-I-N, neon lights over the top. And so we're seeing buildings uh, which were former giving glory to God now going into completely uh, nightclubs, carpet shops, uh, market fairs, you name it. And I'm praying that our God that can do immeasurably more through this gospel partnership that we can see some of those lives changed and impacted and we can buy a few back for the kingdom of God. Amen. That's my prayer. Right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, and just hearing about 1% of Scotland are Christ followers, that's heartbreaking to us, which is one of the reasons why we're so passionate about partnering with you. So uh, we, Kevin referred to earlier, Brian and James, they kind of made a side trip to Scotland. How did that impact your vision um, and their passion for starting churches all over Scotland? The actual, um, when you look at the... Scotland, and you look at it from a faith perspective, you could be very disappointed. There is much darkness. There's more registered witches than there are clergy in Scotland. And so we are desperate in need of seeing more people to be able to communicate the good news of the gospel. Because despite the fact that few are believers, there's an incredible openness in our nation to matters of spirituality. And so we had the opportunity of meeting Brian and James uh, back in January 2017. And you meet different people in ministry and we talk about different things. But when I connected with Brian, I really felt there was a genuine concern about the state spiritually of Scotland and our nation. And we had the opportunity to come over to a church planting conference and, again, meet some of the staff. We had a a whirlwind tour here to come into one of the Westridge services. And I remember that day, I'll never forget it, standing in the prayer garden with Brian and him telling me the story of how his father had been killed and the tears running down his eyes and saying to me, Rob, my father would be so pumped up that we're doing ministry in Scotland. And it really connected. He didn't have to say any more. We didn't go into any big discussion. But I just felt in my spirit, this man is genuinely, he has a compassion to see once again Scotland be restored through the power and preaching of the gospel. Well, now you're, you're with Harold's Trust, helping plant churches, helping train up and raise up church planters. But then you move into from, from instructor to practitioner and decide to plant Crosspoint Community Church. What's that look like for you? Scary. <laughs> Very scary. I guess we're all practitioners. Um, and I find that working as a school chaplain in a public high school, interacting with families, interacting with students, and just recognizing the spiritual poverty that's in these young people's lives, and seeing them regularly come to Bible study, seeing them regularly come to, we run a ministry, which is if you could ask God one question, and you knew we'd answer it, what would you ask him? And all of the students start to write down questions. And I'll never, never forget the first time we run that in the school, 
a young girl of 14, she came up and she wrote the question. She said, if someone's a good person, but they've taken their own life, will God forgive them? I didn't know that her brother had committed suicide two weeks earlier. Our young people are hungry. They're hungry for something authentic in their lives. They just do not know it's Jesus Christ. And so when we started to share the gospel, we've started to see life's changed, life's impacted, but they don't have any support from home, so they're not making the journey to church. So why could I not step into that space that the hope of the world is the local church? And so we planted a church in a school campus that's meeting in our community. It's an affluent and impoverished community at both sides, and we're speaking into their lives through twice a month now. We're meeting at one o'clock having a service and lunch together. And so it was the scariest decision I've ever made. It was never on the horizon, but that's how God works. And we are so excited that we've seen eight decisions for Christ. For us, that's huge in the last nine months. You can clap for that. That's amazing. Westridge, as, um, as we took offering before we came up, understand it's through your generosity that helps us partner with Rob that helps us partner with the Herald's Trust and we believe that God's going to allow that us to to plant more churches in Scotland to see more and more stories like that take place so thank you and the same thing that happened in Scotland with such few believers now you know it's possible that that could happen in the United States as well Mm. what do you see as the biggest challenge for believers in the states passive Christianity If you really believe what's in this book, that people are going to hell, it should cause us to do life differently. And so I want to encourage you to make the gospel of first importance. Mm. The gospel in the person of Jesus Christ that we can come and have a relationship and he can take the mess in our lives and turn it into some masterpiece, which is incredible. Only God can do that. And so it really pains me that people really drift away, that that the once faith, I remember, you know, first getting saved, and that was 25 years ago. I've never lost my passion for Jesus Christ. If you've forgotten this morning what it's like to be lost then something has gone wrong. Because we should never forget of what God has done for us. He's rescued us. He's brought us into a right relationship with His Son. And through the power of the resurrection, we receive new life and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so, I would say to you, make sure that you're in a good relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure that the gospel is of first importance, that I'm speaking truth into other people's life. And the incredible thing is, as you think, Rob, I can't do that. You know, every one of us is called to be witnesses. Some of us are called to be evangelists, prophets, teachers. But every one of us need to be able to speak into our situation and context this message of the gospel and see God do the results. God is mission. He's already given you, gone ahead of you and given you opportunities to speak. And so all I would challenge you is if you're going cold and your faith is lukewarm, I would encourage you to get reconnected into the power. If you're not plugged into the power source, 
then I'm afraid that you're going to struggle to live out your life. Christ promises that I've come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. And so I challenge you and encourage you to make the gospel of first importance in your life. That's good. That's good. Thank you, Rob. You know, every Sunday, our goal is to provide next steps to help people take one step further on their discipleship journey. And I I love what you talked about um, earlier this morning is is so many people have a cul-de-sac of faith that they they trust Christ, but then they just sit in their cul-de-sacs. And you're calling and challenging them, just as you did, to step out and move forward in that. Having a chance to address the church, what would be practical next steps that you could share as we talk about partnering together? What are ways that, that our people can partner with what God's doing in Scotland, God's doing through you in the area? The first thing you could do is just really pray for our nation and pray for the ministry in Scotland. Not only in Scotland, but every one of us are called. We're able to bloom where we're planted, right? And so every one of us. But to prayerfully consider um, the ministry and the work that's being partnered here in in Scotland. Um, My good friend Ian Leach always says, he said, you know, money makes the ministry wheel go round but it's prayer that makes it fruitful and effective. And so we covet and value your prayers. It's only through the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of God that we're going to see a change in our nation. We've lost our way completely. And so I would say pray for us. The second thing is I would say is go. Why don't you come? Let me say on record, it's official, you are all invited to Bonnie, Scotland, okay? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Come on, go with us. (laughs) And I promise we won't give you haggis, all right? You won't have to eat haggis. Well, you made me eat haggis. Hang on now. Your staff. (laughs) You have to lead by example. So I would say pray for us. Consider how can you partner? How can you partner with this ministry? And then maybe if the Lord lays it on your heart to give, what can you do? Resources. How can you support the ministry? We are really excited that with this partnership, there may be people in this room this morning that actually are the answer to our prayer. Whether it be an internship, whether it be a goal team, I would love to see just how Uh, God's going to work in the coming months and years to see how Westridge and the gospel is going to impact our nation and our lives. Thank you. So church, I'm sure you can tell after uh, listening to uh, Rob speak why we're so passionate in ministering with them and partnering, partnering with them. Just hearing about the 99% that don't know Jesus, that's heartbreaking. And we desperately want to do whatever we can to help change that number. So like he said, you can pray. Everyone can pray, all of us. Pray for Scotland. You can also pray and ask God and how he would like for you to partner in the Vision Fund at the end of this year that will greatly affect Scotland as well. And then lastly, you can go. Go with us. You already got your personal invitation from Rob. So let me extend an invitation as well. So if that's something you think you may be interested in, if you are passionate about sharing your faith, we would love for you to go on a trip with us. And if you'll get your Get Connected card out, you can do that through the card. You can do that online or you can do that through the app.
just let us know that you're interested in missions. All of our mission trips go online on September 30th. They'll all be live for you to sign up for uh, next year's trips. So just let us know and we'll, we'll give you more information about that. So just pray and ask how God would have you uh, be involved in that. So thank you again, Rob, for being here. We appreciate you sharing your heart with us thank and you. just love hearing more about what's going on. So would you mind closing us in prayer? No problem. I will. Let's pray. Father God, some of us this morning have maybe drifted in our faith journey. And Father, we thank you that, that you're the God that can do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. Father, I pray this morning for every head bowed, for every heart, Lord, that you would speak through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would collectively, once again, rekindle that faith, Lord, perhaps that we once had, to come to a passion of what you're calling us each to do, how we respond. And Father, I pray for every family here everybody that's represented here this morning, that you would touch them afresh, give them a fresh downpour of your Holy Spirit. May they recognize, Lord, that the relationship is maybe not what it should be, but you, are, you love them unconditionally. There's nothing that they can do to earn that love. You've done it and paid that price on the cross at Calvary. And so, Lord, I pray for us as, a, as believers, Lord, that you would use us mightily that we would see not just an impact across Scotland, but we would see an impact here in Atlanta and beyond, Lord, to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you that it's by grace that we've been saved through faith, not from ourselves, but by the gift of God. Thank you, Lord, for that sacrifice that you've made. Thank you for the opportunity that each one of us have the gift of this treasure and jars of clay that we can share with those who don't know you. Father, may you be glorified. May you be magnified in all of our efforts. We love you, Lord. We love you and we thank you for the joy of our salvation in Jesus Christ. And it's whose name that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.